Welcome to Leslie and Lily, a marketing podcast to help new business owners market themselves in the digital sphere. I'm Leslie, owner of Lily Rose DNA. Hi, Lisa. How are you? I am phenomenal this morning, Leslie. How are you? I'm doing good. Did you see how she came with all of this energy? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So I'm really excited because you have such a cute and wonderful business. Mrs. It's Miss Miss Yes. Yes. And what's interesting to me is that this wasn't your first, um, choice of a business, right? You weren't, this wasn't what you grew up and you wanted to be. That is so true. <laughs> I <just> like <laughs> to tell people I am an accidental entrepreneur. Um, yes. for me, my first career, um, my first 27 year job was in federal law enforcement where I worked for the federal prison system and started as a correctional officer and retired in December 2017 as the supervisor of education at the Metropolitan Correctional Center in Chicago. So how did you pivot from working <laughs> in law enforcement to owning <laughs> this business? And can you tell the audience um, what your business is? Absolutely. And I like to say we we went from corrections to confection. <laughs> so <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> so now um, what we do is we deliver delicious, nutritious and healthy gluten free baked goods. And we have products in 23 Whole Foods markets. Yes. Um, yeah. And we sell on Amazon as well as now we're reaching out to additional retailers so that we can continue to grow and scale this wonderful, healthy, nutritious business. Because, see, I want everyone to eat healthier, to live longer, to move more, and just to enjoy life. And that's what our business is about. And that's beautiful. Now, what made you get into this business, get into um, creating something for with a gluten-free everything? Because I, I'm going to be honest, like when I first <laughs> ate gluten-free food, I was like, y'all can keep that. That is not delicious. That's what made me get into it, girl. When I tell you now, see, for me, everything kind of started to shift in 2009. And unfortunately, it started with my mom passing away from congestional heart failure. And then me myself experiencing these health issues that I had already been going through that just started to get so much worse. I went to the doctor. I was like, what is happening? They told me, stop eating fruits and vegetables, stop eating dairy, stop this, stop that. And I'm like, I thought these things were supposed to be good for you. And I knew I needed to make a change when my husband, after my issues got really, really bad because I had acid reflux, I had digestive issues, I had severe flagellants. So much so, my wonderful husband said, you are too pretty to smell like that. <laughs> like, okay, so I definitely need to make a change. <laughs> so, 
So, so um, I went to a training and met a classmate who said that she was gluten-free. I looked at her like she had two heads. I'm like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Never heard of it. And she started explaining her symptoms and she described me. I was like, I have that. I have that. Okay, tell me more about this gluten thing. Um, So I came back from the training and in my office, I used to keep this snack cupboard and I threw out everything that had any wheat, rye or barley, which is gluten. And I felt better. I didn't have the acid reflux every day. My stomach wasn't bubbly, bubbly, and I could actually open my office door and let people come in. So (laughs) (laughs) it was actually starting to work. Um, then like you and like many others, I went in search of delicious, healthy, gluten-free snacks, especially chocolate snacks. Cause I'm a chocoholic self-proclaimed yes, I'm ma'am. in therapy. So yes, don't judge you don't me. Have to be in therapy. Don't, you know, I don't, I don't really think that needs to be cured, but go on. <laughs> But um, just searching for delicious snack foods that were gluten-free. It was like finding a needle in a haystack. And I can remember very vividly finding these triple chocolate chip break-apart self-baked cookies where you just buy them frozen, the dough, and you bring them home and you bake them. I threw them in the oven. I was like, yes, I am so like ready for this. And they tasted like hot wax. Uh-uh. 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 I no, was man. like, Miss P, who is my mom, she was affectionately known as Miss P, Miss Eulis Patterson Brown, used to cook. And I need some food that tastes good. And that gluten-free was not cutting it. <laughs> it was just I, was not. I, I'm with you. Now, something that you yeah. have stated before is you said that you are determined to take your family's generational tragedy and turn it into triumph. I really How have you done that with this business? With this business, what our plans are as we continue to scale and grow is to make it possible for those of us who have issues with employment to be able to have a sustainable job. So I want to provide jobs, first of all. Second of all, teach our family, our customers, our relatives, our people about eating healthier because being raised on the South side of Chicago where you were lucky one to get a meal, there were six of us growing up and food was a little scarce. Um, But we grew up eating um, lard and we grew up eating a lot of pork and we grew up eating a lot of beef and we grew up eating a lot of sugar. And as I mature and understand food fuels the body, I realized that I can't put all that in my body and expect it to perform at its maximum. And so that is what I want to do and teach and let people know that you can have good tasting items with 
without all the sugar, without all the salt, without all the artificial ingredients that are in a lot of our foods nowadays. So for us, it's eating healthier. It is sharing that and letting people know our granola is selling off the shelves. It has no added processed sugar. It's sweetened with honey and liquid stevia. And stevia is all natural, 100 times sweeter than sugar. So we only use a few drops. You cannot taste it in the granola. And we've got flax. We've got chia. We've got whole raw nuts, cashews, and almonds. We've got organic, gluten-free oats. And we've got some raisins and some cranberries, and we season it with organic coconut oil, which is so much better for you than lard, and <laughs> uh, organic nutmeg, organic cinnamon. We are really creating this deliciousness that is also healthier for you. My prayer is to just create something that people love so much that they begin to just eat it and the body w awakens and you're feeling good and you want to move more. You want to work out. You want to preserve this one temple that you've been given, that we've all been given. We only get one and we need to stop abusing it. <laughs> so. Very, very true. I really enjoy yeah. the fact that, you know, most people start businesses in two ways, either mm -hmm. it's always their dream to be mm -hmm. a business owner, or it was started out of necessity. And so with you, it's kind of started out of necessity where you had a health um, scare, you had some problems, and then yep. you're like, okay, um, I finally figured out what it is. And now let me, you know, be better, let me eat better. And you're yep. trying to eat better. And you're like, but mm -hmm. I am not eating grass. Like I refuse. Like I understand yes. that I need some fiber, mm -hmm. but why, why am I eating cardboard? That is not, yes. that's not my testimony. Mm -hmm. And so you went and you experimented in the kitchen mm -hmm. and then you got so good that you ended up having your own business. And as you just stated, things are selling off the shelves. But one of the reasons why I wanted you on this podcast is because you are in multiple whole food stores. And for a lot of people that are in the food industry, they really want to be in Whole Foods. They, they're, you know, it's a higher price point. It's a different yes. type of customer. And so it can really help their business grow. So what did you do to get into Whole Foods? What type of marketing were you able to, to have and to do to get your product in front of Whole Foods? I am um, not a marketer, as I've told you, but um, what I did do is early on when I was playing around with um, the, the concept of having a business, I knew that I am one, the first of my family to ever even pursue building a business. So I didn't have that family structure foundation that I could lean on that says, help me, teach me how to do this. So I had to go in search of um, the right tools, the right things that I needed to start the business. So 
I have taken several accelerator courses um, and I began that in 2014 with taking an accelerator through Sunshine Enterprises. And they taught us about cash flow. They taught us about money management. They taught us about insurance. Look, the first class, I raised my hand, like, because I had done farmer's markets. I was, you know, getting the products out there, but we hadn't gotten into Whole Foods. And I raised my hand and I'm like, okay, so when do we get insurance? They're like, uh, before you sell anything. I'm like, oh, let me go take care of that. <laughs> so, so when I say I was so green, I just had no clue, no idea. And Sunshine really helped me bring all that to the forefront. And then when they were building a brand new Whole Foods market on 63rd and Halsted, which was... Um, it opened in 2016. So I certified the business in, I actually graduated from Sunshine in 2014. I certified the business in 2015 and we were on the shelf at our very first Whole Foods by September of 2016, thanks to Sunshine Enterprises. A lot of the accelerator programs have connections with different retailers, with different resources, networking, and I am learning to do a lot of that because those connections are so very important. I recently finished um, an accelerator with the Good Food Accelerator through Naturally Chicago, which comes with a whole host of resources also. So it's just understanding what our needs are as a small business, going out, seeking those resources and building those networks. I'm so happy you said that. I know that some people on my podcast, some listeners are probably tired of me talking about networking, but they're just <laughs> going to have to get over that Yeah, because I think I'm so amazed by it is because it wasn't something that was taught to me in grammar school or in high school. And it wasn't really a concept until probably my junior year of college, because originally my career wasn't in marketing. It was actually in um, vocal performance and it was theater, musical theater and things like that. And so I really have such a phenomenal voice, huh? You know what? I'm going to keep you. You're just, thank you. Yes, ma'am. But it was interesting because I realized that a lot of the ways that my classmates were getting jobs was because they made friends with their professors. Yep. And their professors were actually in the industry. And so they were basically saying, hey, go to this playhouse or I have connections in Chicago, New York, L.A. I have connections overseas. Where do you want to go? And it was the first time that I really thought about, wow, it's who you know. And yep. so. You know, I I ended up being a music teacher for a while, and then I stopped being a teacher because I said I want to actually like children. And <laughs> I mean, God, by the way, shout out to every parent everywhere. Yes, Lord, you yes. Guys are the real MVPs because that is not my testimony either. I, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. I say to myself about my children and my grandchildren that if I could have skipped being a parent and went straight to being a grandma oh 
<laughs> Life would be yeah. great. <laughs> no, the joke in my family is I'm just the great, like the fun auntie. Like I'm, I'm a okay with that. I have helped raise other people's children my whole life. I'm good. I feel yeah. like you know they're grown. It's good. But what's I interesting is um, learn. Like that was my first journey into networking. And then just as you did, I, I needed a pivot. I needed to do something yeah. differently. So after being a teacher, both as a music teacher and as an ESL teacher for about 10 years, I decided mm-hmm. that I wanted to do marketing. And I went and I took some courses and I just, you know, hit it from from square one. I was like, okay, so technically I I'm a millennial, so I grew up with technology, and I'm technically already marketing myself without realizing that I'm marketing myself. And then from there, I just started to really start to talk with people. And what I really, the reason why I harp on networking so much is networking isn't just about dressing up in a suit and tie or in a nice dress and going places, especially now because of but networking mm-hmm. is wherever you go you can be in your jeans and your t-shirt you know but it's also about if you're at a job and it's making sure that you're talking to people that are in as well as you are talking to your coworkers and you are establishing yourself as an expert in your field like you know what you're talking about it's going out and meeting new people and meeting like minds and because you never know even if someone maybe they themselves are not interested in your product services or whatever they might know someone who is and it yep. comes back around and so it's always good to um, keep those doors open. It's always good to talk to people, keep information, um, you know, send Christmas cards, you know, different holidays, especially, you know, really, really use LinkedIn. LinkedIn yes. is such an amazing yes. place that it's still not getting as much hype and it isn't getting as much traction as you would see Instagram or, or TikTok, but it's directly business people. So business to business. Yes. And you can really get in front of industry leaders better that way. So I just, I really, I just need to, you know, that was my soapbox moment. Um, but <laughs> if you, if you can, if you can, please, please, audience, please continue to network because it will definitely pay off for you. Now, Miss Lisa, something that, I mean, to me, that's amazing that you said, okay, I don't know anything. Let me take some courses. And because of working with this group, you were able to see what you were lacking. And then you were also able to see what your strengths were. And now you are, you know, and I mean, it's whole foods. Come on. That is a dream. (laughs) That is a dream come true. And so you said, um, you you also were doing in-store demos, right? And yeah. and is that how you first got in there? Yes. And I will advise anyone who is looking to get into retail that getting on the shelves is one thing. And it is a challenge within itself. However, staying on the shelf is the main, the main thing that we have to consider. 
Now for us, we're a really small um, baking business, but we are in Whole Foods conducting demos at least once, twice a week. We have to, because we're so small, introduce the customers, the consumers who are already Whole Foods shoppers to our product. And the best way we can do that is by showing up, being there, talking to them. And you're right. Even when they say, oh, no, um, no, thank you. I'm like, well, here, take my card. If you know anybody who is interested, please let them know who we are. So it's having that presence and really communicating with our consumers and our customers because I'm meeting them right where they are, right in Whole Foods, having them taste the product, having now it's a lot more challenging now with COVID because we have to have prepackaged products, but it's still possible. Wherein before we could have open cup sampling and they would just, and we were making parfaits. And if you've ever tasted our granola and you add some dairy-free yogurt and some fruit, oh, MG, you have got some good snacking. (laughs) (laughs) So we were able to do that at one point and now we can't because of COVID, but we're still making the sample packs. We're passing them out in the stores and when I tell you that some customers are like, I'm going to try it right now. And they just pull their mask down and <laughs> grab it. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, yeah, give me that. <laughs> that is what it is all about is connecting with the customers, your consumers. Educating them on who you are and what you are doing. And we do that. I think we do that very well. It is challenging. It is not easy and getting out to the stores. But for me, I actually love it. I used to, when we first started out, I used to be like, oh, they don't want to hear from me. Oh, I don't want to talk to people. Now I'm just like stopping people. Hey, how you doing? (laughs) You know, okay, let's. Let's talk about that for a moment. Um, So I, I recently launched a program um, called your first 30 days. And Mm -hmm. it is a marketing program for business owners who are trying to market themselves because marketing is expensive. Let's be real. Um, And it's, it's a necessary part of your business, but when you are building it, it is not as easy as it can be. Um, so what's interesting is what I do is I also work on mindset. So we have marketing techniques, but we also work on mindset techniques as well. And when you said that, oh, no one wants to hear from me, that is such mm-hmm. a common thing that everybody, every business owner, I should say most female business owners I know mm-hmm. like that. And yes. it is, you know, you know, we've been conditioned to be a certain way. So then we feel like, oh, I'm being aggressive or this person doesn't really want to talk to me or I'm bothering them. But the thing is, you have to sell. You know, it takes around seven to 12 times of a person seeing you and your product before they even click on a link or before they even stop by. And that's not even a guarantee that they're going to buy. 
it's just that they've seen it so many times that they're like, well, I I guess I'll look at this, you know? And so if you are not visible, if you are not in the stores, if you are not online, if you aren't allowing yourself to be seen, then you can't expect to be seen. I mean, it's just, it's, it's as simple as that. Now, besides being in the stores and doing the demos, you said that you are on LinkedIn. Do you have any videos? Like, are you showing you the, the, the demos? You are recording them and also putting that up on your social media? Or how are you doing things on social media, if at all? We actually are doing some social media things. We are learning to get better at it. And at each of our demos, I always ask our brand ambassadors and I have to remember myself, go live. You know, I go live on um, Facebook. I go live on Instagram. I let them know um, we have those little what it, reels on Instagram. I love those things. And I'm yes. like, hey, in Whole Foods, Edgewater, passing out deliciousness, waiting on you to get here. So it is it is putting the information out there on our social media as well as being in the stores and then sharing that to our other channels because we're on several social media channels. And you're right, LinkedIn is one that I have become a lot more um, active on because it is more about business. And with us, it's about getting the word out, letting people know we exist, letting people know what we have, who we are, what we're doing and how we're doing it. So we definitely get on that social media. And I've not, I I said I came from the federal law enforcement world. And if you know anything about law enforcement, social media just just was not our thing. I did not even (laughs) get, I did not even have a social media presence until I retired from the Federal Bureau of Prisons. I retired in December 2017 and I got social media I believe January of 2018 (laughs) you know what you are an anomaly um actually not not much but I I'm a social media um Mm -hmm. so I grew up with social media with it coming with it being created and then, you know, it turning into what it is now. I remember mm-hmm. when Facebook originally was only for college kids, like, no, it wasn't free for everyone. So it was a rite of passage when you could actually get a Facebook because you had um, space. That was the thing that everyone mm-hmm. was on, mm-hmm. you know, and Tumblr and, and which is still there. But I, I remember when Instagram came out and I got Instagram, but I didn't really post a lot on it. Because I was really of the mind of who wants to see what I ate or drank. Like, I am not that important that you want to, like, why do you care? Right. Exactly. And even with, you know, like YouTube and things, like I would see people have their whole careers and, and different things like that. And I I wasn't confident enough to be on camera. I wasn't confident enough at that time where I wanted people actually looking at me. And so on the one hand, I I tend to be more private in my personal life. And I think that that's wise. But me, the, the Leslie of now looking at like the missed opportunities of marketing, I'm like, oh man, like if you had gotten in it, Point, your business would be even better than it is yeah. already. 
so, but, but what's also great about this is you got on social media in 2018 and you mm-hmm. are in multiple whole food stores <laughs> yep. um, and yep, yep, you yep. are still growing your audience. So I don't want people to think that it's too late to join a game. You know, it's, it's nope. not too late to, to get in this game at all because there is somebody who is looking for someone who looks like you. Mm-hmm. you who um, ha- comes from the same background as you who is interested in the same things that they are and by getting on camera or by you know showing different pictures and just talking even if you're behind the scenes and you're not showing your face but you are speaking or or whatever it is you're showing your personality people are connected And I think that that is also something that is extremely important and something that people need to know, because I have noticed that a lot of boomers are starting to do more with social media and a lot of people have retired. And now at first, when they were looking at things just for pictures of their grandchildren, now they are, you know, posting their opinions or they are starting the career that they never would be able to have, you know, they're like, Oh, well, I might as well try. And, and they're doing those things as well. So no matter if you are 13 or if you're 93, there yep. is room for you. And I'm, I'm yes. really excited about that. I so- absolutely agree with you on that, Leslie, because when I retired and I was like, social media, do I have to? And then, you know, I have a lot of mentors and they're like, you have to be out there and you have to be accessible because a lot of people nowadays want to know who they're buying from. They want to know who you are and what you're doing and what your beliefs are. And I'm like, okay, let me just share this. And I still have moments where I'm like, nope, don't want to really get on camera today, but I do it. I just take that leap and say, you know, this is me like me or not. This is who I am. (laughs) So Yes, who it is. Yes, and you know, mm-hmm. you don't have to. I tell people this a lot um, that a shift happened um, really ever since COVID. But I would, I would even liken to say about a year and a half to two years pre-COVID, there was a shift starting where people wanted to see normal people. Mm-hmm. They, um, yes, there is something for you know the airbrush community and things. But what was happening is people didn't know what was real and they didn't know they had all these unrealistic expectations. And so when you had people who started posting pictures of like actual cellulite and people without Mm -hmm. makeup and, you know, people it's like, oh, my hair isn't just going to the store and then saying, yeah, this is what I look like. Get over it. It was a very (laughs) freeing thing. And so there are some thought leaders that I follow and a lot of them have said that they actually have done better and gotten more views and more shares when they aren't all done up. When it's just them first thing in the morning, um, you know, maybe they still have some crust in their eye and they're, they're just, you know, giving their, you know, two cents for the day and then they move on. And people are like, Oh, that's, 
it lets people see you as a regular person and it feels yeah. like things are more obtainable. And so, you know, if whether you feel like it or not, some days you got to do stuff like for your business, but mm-hmm. don't, don't let getting on camera deter you. Um, even if you make mistakes, it just shows that you're human. I mean, I've probably every podcast, I definitely make a mistake or two. Um, so there it is. But um, Miss Lisa, where can people find you and your your wonderful products? You can find us at mspsgfree.com. And you can find us, of course, in your nearest Whole Foods market. Hey, girl. Hey. My name is Cedar Hood, a licensed clinical social worker, and I want to invite you to join me over on the Lovish podcast. I created this podcast because I was tired of seeing all of these compartmentalized conversations surrounding mental wellness, faith, relationships, and love. And I wanted to see us have these conversations authentically outside of cookie cutter containers. So if you are a boss babe, a high achieving woman or recovering strong friend looking to make boundaries your bestie, practical strategies and figure out how you can thrive in this world as a Christian woman, I want to invite you to join me over on the Lovish podcast. New episodes released every Tuesday morning. Okay, I hope I see you there. Bye, girl. Thank you for joining us today on Leslie and Lily. My name is Leslie, owner of Lily Rose DMA. You can find me at www.lilyrosedma.com. Tune in next week where we have more advice for new business owners on how they can grow their business in the digital sphere. Talk soon. Thank you.